get you, Barbara. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of Civil defense officials in Cumberland have told newsmen that murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. Mass hysteria, why they think we're imagining all this? A ghoul can be killed by a shot in the head. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is, this is the podcast of the dead with your host, the Nutmeister. Welcome to episode two of Podcast of the Dead. I'm the Nachtmeister. I'm sorry to uh, be so late with this episode, but had a rather busy weekend. My work entails the occasional really involved weekend, so I did what I had to, and now I can take care of this. Tonight I plan on taking a closer look at Land of the Dead. I figure that most of the hardcore have probably seen it by now. But first I want to take a look at something else. Something that I spotted when I was looking through my live journal feeds a few days ago. And Roger Ebert's movie reviews came up. And one of the things was an old Australian movie from 2003 called Undead. I did a quick check on the the internet movie database and uh, it's running around a 5.7 on that out of 10. I know Ebert didn't like it particularly. Uh, something along the lines of it wasn't quite bad enough to be good. It sounds like something really off the wall and I might like it anyway so at some point I'm going to find that, give it a try, and let you know how it is. It is a uh, first effort by a pair of brothers named Michael and Peter Spearing. And as I said, it's from Australia. Apparently, it's a matter of uh, a meteor storm causing an undead plague. And they also end up bringing in aliens and a lot of other things. And I can kind of see Ebert's point of kind of throwing in everything but the kitchen sink. But perhaps it's worth some kind of look. At least it's worth some kind of look, even if it only ends up being 15 minutes or so. I'll try to sit through it, though, and if it's bad, then you won't have to. Uh, it's enjoying a, a theatrical release here in the States right now, which is why Ebert was reviewing it. And I, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, so I don't know if it'll actually make it here. But I'll keep an eye out and get out to see it if it does show up. Now, Land of the Dead... I said last episode that I did enjoy Land of the Dead. There's something wrong. I can't quite place entirely, but something that just doesn't quite fit. I still can't tell you exactly what it is. I'm not sure myself, but... Well, I'll go through some of the movie and we can figure it out here. Uh, Main characters are Riley, played by Simon Baker, who was also in The Ring 2 recently. He's the leader of an elite scavenging force using a uh, 
super weapon bus thing of his design called Dead Reckoning, mounted with uh, rockets, machine guns, all kinds of other neat things like that. He's retiring after the mission portrayed at the beginning of the movie. Actually, that reminds me, I should go back to the actual beginning of the movie. Zid departs from the other movies in the series. Rather than starting kind of in the action, you know how in the original Night of the Living Dead, the scene is the car driving up towards the cemetery. I don't recall if the remake did that or not, but the original did. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, you've got all the chaos going on at the the TV studio. Day of the Dead, you've got that group of scientists looking for survivors. This one instead starts off with a, a, a logo saying some time ago and going through some of the initial Rising of the Dead. If you've seen the TV ads and you know the basic typeface and all that they used. And then of course it updates to and now and of course it goes into the movie and then. Like I said, humankind is drawn back into fortress cities where the dead have been cleared out and they have to send scavenging forces out for supplies every once in a while. This one is led by Riley and among other things we he discovers that the zombies seem to be gaining some sort of intelligence. Now we've seen signs of this back in Day of the Dead. I'm not sure how good a connection this movie actually has with the prior trilogy. That might be part of what's really kind of throwing me off about it. Zombies seem to be gaining intelligence of a sort. Uh, this is exemplified by Big Daddy, played by Eugene Clark. And this was another thing that bugged me about the movie, was he never quite got the zombie walk right. He always seemed to be too alive to me. Now, it could partially be the intelligence thing or whatever. I'm not really sure point is, it really kind of threw me off on the whole thing. But, he's smart. Okay, the Dead Reckoning is equipped with fireworks, and these distract the zombies usually while they're going around doing their raid, and Big Daddy doesn't quite fall for it, and he tries to get the others not to as as well. It doesn't quite work. They mostly get away okay. They lose one member of the team thanks to uh, John Leguizamo's character Cholo. Now he's gone off on a sort of a side run to pick up some non-essential supplies, partially for him to sell to gain a little bit more money, and partially as sort of a celebration because he figures he's getting into a place called Fiddler's Green. Now, the way that the town is set up, the guy running the, running the town, basically, a guy named Kaufman, played by Dennis Hopper, a really different role for him. Well, not really different role, but... It's not one of those things where you can just see, hey, it's Dennis Hopper. You, you're not quite sure. He actually ha does look somewhat different. But anyway, Dennis Hopper has him uh, also doing some little side jobs on the side, getting rid of some of the lower class people. That's where I was going with this, the whole class divide thing. You've got the have-nots basically living on the streets. They've got you know, little makeshift shelters and all this in the streets. And then all of the rich and advantaged and all that are living in Fiddler's Green, which uh, Kaufman runs. And it's uh, basically this old apartment office building. It's got a mall inside, you know, luxurious living and all this. And as we find out when Cholo talks to Kaufman about getting in, that there's, oh, there's a waiting list and I have to check with our board of directors and all this. 
So, Cholo decides he's going to take Dead Reckoning out and threaten to blow up Fiddler's Green if he doesn't get in, or or gets a lot of money or something. I, I think it was more the money at that point, because obviously they're not going to let him stay around if he gets into the green. Well, they pull the retired Riley, who's ended up in prison because he helped to rescue a young woman by the name of Slack from a sort of a zombie pit fight in some seedy dive bar. Slack, of course, being played by Asia Argento, who, to connect this back to one of the earlier movies, is the daughter of Dario Argento, who helped to get Dawn of the Dead off the ground. He's ended up in jail, and he gets recruited by Kaufman to go after Cholo, get back Dead Reckoning, and basically save them from certain destruction. He uh, makes the deal for basically ability, the ability to get out of there and head north. He figures not much of anything up there. There won't be much of anything zombie-wise either. So, And of course he gets a few fairly colorful team members added onto the team. He didn't ask for them, but Kaufman just pretty much said they're going with you. And of course part of that was sort of making sure that Kaufman's interests were protected. And it proceeds from there. Now, while they're going through all of this, Big Daddy is leading the dead against the, the city, probing the defenses, trying to find a way through, and finally ends up going underwater. And of course, they're dead, so they don't have to worry about drowning. And they get over to the city, and of course, all chaos ensues. They get into Fiddler's Green. The real cringeworthy moment of the night involves a woman with a navel ring, and... If you've seen that, even if you haven't seen that, I'm sure just stating that has you like, Ugh. and it's it was one of those moments. The basic chaos de degenerates from there. Uh, they're able to save some people. They lose a few along the way, and Riley and company end up driving off into the sunset, or at least shooting off fireworks because they know they don't work anymore. And, of course, uh, Cholo gets his revenge along with Big Daddy in a way you wouldn't necessarily expect out of a zombie movie, but it's still entertaining to watch. Now, a few things to note about this. The gore factor of this movie. Now, Night of the Living Dead, there wasn't a whole lot. It was black and white, so you could hide a whole lot. You, know, you, had, you could use, you know, like fried chicken that they could munch on, look like they're eating body parts. They had some way to simulate an intestines on the... You know, on the, in the, in the one scene where they're playing around with them in the field. You know. uh, Dawn of the Dead, of course, you had a lot of just you know, blatant biting and one guy getting torn apart. And, of course, in Day of the Dead, you had even more so. There's not as much of it in Land of the Dead, at least in the theatrical release, because they did have to go for an R rating. It was still pretty gory, and you know the whole you know, scene with the uh, the navel ring, for example, gives you an idea what you're getting into going in. Now, it's not that the things didn't happen. You saw some of the guys being torn apart, but you didn't see the camera really lingering on it like you did in the in the, the prior movies. It's like you see it happening, and they kind of move on to something else. Uh, there's this one great scene uh, where they're first. Uh, gearing up for their mission, and they go into this shed out by the the motor pool, and they find a bunch of the zombies in there feasting on the the guards that were posted around there, and it's got its yeah, moments too. So it's not that the gore isn't there; it's not quite as concentrated on, and maybe 
there has been talk of an unrated edition of a, uh, coming to DVD, and maybe that'll have more complete scenes in it, as it were. One other thing that kind of bugged me about it was CGI. Now, there are some scenes here and there that you could obviously tell they were using computer-generated stuff. One of them's the the early taking out the trash scene where Cholo shoots the zombie with that... that's kind of half-buried in the ground there with that weird shotgun, harpoon gun thing of his. And it's just... and you can... it has that CGI look to it. Now, maybe it's just... Now, they had they had Tom Savini there because you saw him there as the biker from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, so I don't know why they could, wouldn't have just let him go all out, but I guess it's a big budget thing now, at least relatively so for uh, for one of these movies. And maybe they figured they they had to preserve the set somewhat and do multiple takes of things. And of course, it'd be kind of tough to clean up all that blood that you see in the other movies. So CGI kind of works there, but it still didn't look right to me. And that was a neat gun that Cholo had. I have to say that right now. But I think it's interesting to see. I had always heard that uh, Romero wanted to do a lot more with Day of the Dead, as far as the intelligence question and a lot of that kind of thing, and that he got to go back and visit that in Land of the Dead. And you do kind of see that, even if it's not the explicitly trained thing. It seems. Like something that would happen eventually, I suppose. It's certainly... Well... I don't know, I'm just talking off the top of my head now. Let me see what else is going on. The social commentary aspect of it. Now, I don't know if there was any actual social commentary in Night of the Living Dead. I know that you had the whole commercialism angle of Dawn of the Dead and the whole military-civilian conflict at Day of the Dead. This one... It kind of devolves into the whole have-have-not thing, I suppose. The whole separation between the rich and the poor. And those with power wanting to keep it above the others. But that eventually, you know, something comes along to take all of us out. Or something. It's... The zombies certainly didn't care who they were killing, after all. And it's hard not to have that little twinge of yeah, this is good, when they finally break into Fiddler's Green, so... Uh, who knows? This is probably about it for this one. Like I said, I enjoyed the movie, but it's still... Something sits wrong with me with it. I'm still not sure what. Discussing it here hasn't really helped me put my finger on it, aside from possibly the CGI aspects. I hope to see an unrated DVD, and... Well, hopefully it's... A good one. I understand it hasn't done quite as well in the box office as a lot of people were hoping it would. Hopefully it at least made back its budget, and we'll be able to see more of this kind of thing in the future. In the meantime, I am the Nachtmeister, and I shall take my leave. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Podcast of the Dead is hosted by the Nachtmeister and produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Spooky Swamp Song is available from Copacetics.com under a Creative Commons Attribution License. I'll be back to reinforce the windows and doors later, but you'll be alright for now, okay?